Lucas, once again we're here for an episode of Q&A from the lovely audience at home and I believe in front of you now you have um, a series of questions, yes? I do have a series of questions indeed. And before we get to that though, where can people send questions if they want us to answer questions that they sent in to us? Uh, so you can send any questions you have burning away in those skulls to carlscornerqa at gmail.com uh, the email will also be in like the description of this episode on whatever podcast service you're listening on. Yep, yeah, and if you just so happen to send in a question, it might sound like this when it's read out by Lucas. Because I'm hoping, we didn't rehearse this bit, but that you have the list of questions in front of you now. I do, yeah. Okay, perfect. So uh, these are the ones that you just picked out, and uh, without further ado, Lucas, what's the first one? Uh, well, I just want to mention like uh, a few oh, people um, have like sent in a number of questions, and I've like picked a small selection of them or something like that or um, every now and then if I get like a massive paragraph of people I'll condense it down into like the base question okay no problem that's like you know these things have been edited for brevity's sake uh, yeah for, for the most part it's like just as people wrote in and I've just clipped like what questions I want but just in case anyone gets offended like they didn't ask the whole question it's like you know for the sake of a podcast sometimes we've got to do that but yeah let's Let's go on, and I just thought we'd start out with like a really quick and easy one, Carl. Okay. Uh, I expect this to last half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Famous just, last Carl words. Carl Lucas, uh, do you like football? And if so, what teams do you support? No. So yeah, nice, quick, and easy answer from uh, both of us is just Carl is a no. Yeah, I'm a hard no, with the exception of the England games. But even then, like this is a true story. Like yesterday, my mate was messaging me like. Um, are you, are you free next week? So just having a catch up to see like if we can go meet each other. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sure. And he's like, oh, are you doing anything for the England game? Like, what England game? When's it on? He went, it's on now. I went, oh, I guess not then. <laughs> so that sums it up. He was asking me, are you doing anything for the England game? I said, oh, I didn't know England were playing when. It's like, now. It's on TV right now. So that sums up like my complete and utter disinterest in football as a sport. And I'm kind of the opposite where like I don't really give a damn about international football. Like, I keep an eye on it, but mainly to laugh at England when they lose, yes. and, um, which they haven't done yet. But they will. Um, I they am, always do. I am a supporter of like Liverpool FC. Uh, you don't really get an uh, option to not like football when you come from Liverpool. That's true. Yes, I was just born and raised a Liverpool fan, and I got told that's how it is. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you were born. They put they swaddled you in the shirt and handed you to your mom. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And that's how it works. Okay, so yeah, that, yeah, you know what, a, Lucas? Just cheers from Texas, Jason, yeah. Texas? Why do they give a fuck about football in Texas? And I, I presume they're asking about English football. If they mean I American football, so. God no. Like, I don't The answer is no. Uh, so, yeah. Either way. Like, when someone says to two British lads, you like football, I presume they mean that, you know, soccer, football, not American football. I'd assume so, yes. Um, Either way, yeah. answer's no for me. So, we got number two. Um, We've got a, f- a few questions from Samantha here. Like, they asked quite a few, and there was a, okay. like three questions that I thought went in well together, and they're all kind of based on like work and stuff like that. So I thought I'd, okay. I'd ask those questions. Okay. So what's Samantha asking? Uh, so would you rather have like all three in one go, and we can just discuss it in one big go, or do you want them individually? No, go from individually. Okay. Cool. So the first Mix one is uh, just. Do you have any advice for a young person just entering the workforce on how not to get fucked over by their employer? Um, my advice is, is not really, really good because I, I was a young person who entered the workforce and was fucked over by my employer. 
multiple jobs for me yeah yeah it's it's an experience it's a learning experience and the only real way um like to avoid it is to be aware of it so the fact that you're asking that question means you're already in better stead than i ever was at that age Mm -hmm. and the best advice i can give you is to just keep asking questions like that and be aware of um work and like how it's um uh, you know it goes down because like i said i would never thought to ask that question yeah. When I first entered the workforce. So you're, like, you're doing pretty all right there to start with. And it's just, um, if something doesn't seem right, don't do it. Yeah, 100%. And especially, like, you know, I guess a lot of young people entering the workforce might have, uh, like, some help and support from, like, family, hopefully, uh, it, where they can be in a bit of a position to, like, turn down or quit a shitty job when they see those signs coming up. But. Yeah. I guess the only advice I've got is, like, speak to other people, and if you're in a position to, you know, um, like, ask a friend or family member, oh, how is this employer to work for, and they have any, any insight, that might be helpful, mm-hmm. but it's it's tough. It's real tough. Yeah, and it's that thing of, like, any advice we give, like, it all sounds great, but it's not representative of the way the world is. It's all well and good to tell someone, look, you need to be aware of your worth as a worker. And if your job, like your boss tells you to do something, you can say no. It's like, sometimes that's not an option. As someone who works in an industry mm-hmm. where, like, like, you know, it sounds really bad, but like, sometimes I like, see boss like, you can come in on Friday, can't you, Carl? It's like, well, I don't want to, but, and I am ostensibly being given a choice here, but the real answer is yes, because if I don't, I don't get a shift next week. Yeah, that's the thing, especially when like, I was working zero-hour contracts. Exactly, yeah. It's like, well, you, you want to come in on Saturday night, don't you? And in your head, you're like, well, fuck no, I don't. I want to go see my friends on Saturday night. But you know if you turn down that Saturday night shift, you're getting, like, one four-hour shift the next week. Exactly, yeah. So uh, that's the reality of work, unfortunately. And it will and does seem to be getting better, thanks in part to people like Samantha who are, like, you know, just aware of their rights and are, like, actively seeking out advice on, like, how to best avoid getting fucked over by their workplace. So you're already in a pretty good position just... Um, approaching a job thinking about that and putting yourself first because your boss isn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think you're right, Carl. It's just like the fact that you're aware of it and asking questions in the first place is probably a good sign. It's probably a good start. Yeah, you're aware of like your rights as a worker. And if you're not, or you're not too like you're all too glued up on them, um, it never hurts to educate yourself about that sort of thing. And then, because then you might get the satisfying thing of being able to educate your boss about stuff like that. Yeah. Like, have you ever had that experience? I remember it was like, I think I've talked before on the podcast once about um, I clued myself up on health and safety um, uh, procedure when I did like my work experience years and years ago. Mm. And when about how much you're allowed to lift, and I believe the rule is you're not allowed to lift anything over 25 kilos um, right. if it's on the floor. And I had a boss give me a bunch of crap about moving um, beer from one room to the other. So a couple of crates of beer, like they they weigh quite a lot. And I was happy to move them, like not, with a um, uh, a dolly or anything like that because fuck it, I'm a young lad, I can pick it up, it's fine. But when my boss got funny about it, it's like, well, technically, oh, my back's starting to work a little bit and I know I can't move any of this without a dolly. Um, can you get the dolly for me? And my boss, who'd been complaining all day that I wasn't working fast enough, I had to stop work and go get me a dolly. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, just be aware of things like that. Yeah, and I, I pulled up um, my managers a few times over the years of like, oh, well, I need you to go and do this job. And it's like, okay, have you got the PPE for it? Like the um, personal protective equipment, is is it? Yeah. PPE. Um, 
it's like, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, I need like you know goggles and gloves for this because um, I'm working with like a hazardous material, and it's like, well, uh, no, no, we haven't. We've got, we've got them on order. It's like, okay, well, I'll do that when when the order comes in. Then yeah, yeah, I've had that before as well. It's like, oh yeah, can you uh, like clean like I think scrub the floors? Mm. And I looked at the stuff, and it says like corrosive on the material, the stuff they want to put on the floors. I went, okay, then. So have you got shoe protectors or anything like that? No, why would we have those? Because I'm wearing leather shoes and this is corrosive. I'm not stepping on any of that in my clothes unless you can agree to um, either provide me with shoe protectors or um, sign a piece of paper telling me that you'll cover the cost of any damage done to my um, personal belongings. I'm not doing that. So then I'm not cleaning the floor. <laughs> so yeah, just be aware of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The best way to do it. Tell you what, I will kind of group in the, the, the last two ones just because they're okay. kind of very similar. And um, it's like... How did you guys decide what to study in college? And also, how do you balance a degree that will make you money versus something that you're interested in? Oh, um, I, in college, because um, college, I think it's, if they're American, it's slightly different where we have sixth form college and then university. Uh, for college, I just continued my studies and because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just um, continued just in the um, academic courses that I thought like you know give me the best grounding um, to get into university which was um, English lit and language so double English and then I did mathematics um, with um, my specialization at college being um, statistical mathematics and then I did um, science with my specialization in that being physics and then um, to round it all out I did media Hmm. because that's what I thought sounded interesting because I thought if I just do like you know the three basics English maths and science with a specialization in each um, that'll help me get a good grounding for university and then I'll do media because it sounds interesting. Ended up liking media the most, so that's what I went to study at university. And, Fair. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind of did a similar thing to you. Like, I had no clue what I wanted to do, like leaving high school at 16, going sixth form, as you say, which is our college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of went for a similar attitude of like, look, well, here's some things that I'm good at and interested in. So I went with like... Um, I went with English literature, I went with maths and further maths and all with chemistry. Um, and then I also picked like theatre studies because, you know, theatre and drama was what my hobby was and what my interest was. So it kind of just went for, again, just here's a good base because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to study degree wise. Yeah, it's like just give yourself a good grounding in an academic sense because here's the thing about getting to university. Um, at least in England they don't really care what it is you studied it's more just what grades you got and I think they might weight them on a point system and it's like how many points did you get yeah and it's um, very rare that a degree would ask you to have um, like a specific thing unless it is you know you're going to do um, say you're going to try and do like medicine you would need sciences yeah, or if you want to do like further maths at university level, they'd probably expect you to at least studied maths at college. Because otherwise, why would you be doing that here? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I did for that. Where I just chose the three that I knew would give me the heaviest weighting for getting into university, which is English, maths, and science. And each one was a double course mm. because they had a specialisation um, aspect. And I basically did like a full forty hours a week at college. And that's then fair, I ended up yeah. doing ended up doing media because my dad gave me the advice: "Well, son, do what you enjoy." Thinking I would pick. Um, English um, studies because um, I taught about being a teacher for a while until I spoke to someone who was actually a teacher in real life and went I fucking hate being a teacher 
and discovered through independent research the burnout time for being a teacher was 10 years. Mm. And I thought in my head, well, what's the point of going to university for four years to go get a career that I'm going to be quitting in 10? Or that you're just going to spend your life resenting after that 10 years or so. Yeah, and I know that. I know for a fact that my dad was very, very annoyed because I turned down um, a English um, degree at university that also folded in teacher training. Right, yeah. I think in like York St. John's, which I think is a pretty good university, and it was like, you know, a really difficult course to get onto. And I turned that down to study media studies at Hallam which is not as prestigious a university, but it's what I was interested in. And my dad was really annoyed about that. And, and up until like YouTube took off, was kept telling me, but why don't you go get a teaching degree? So at least you've got a career to fall back on. And I kept telling him, but I don't want to be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. I said, but, but then you have a career to fall back on. It's like, but if I don't want to do it, why would I do it? So I guess like my advice for how to balance it with something you enjoy with a career you want to do, there is no advice for that. Only you can make that decision. Yeah, and like my my dad um, spent the longest time when I was younger, like not forcing me, but trying to push me towards law because he knew it would be a very lucrative career. Mm-hmm. And it just got to that point where like I did work experience in um, like the Crown Courts in Liverpool and despised the two weeks that I was there. I spoke to a couple of like people that I knew that studied law, and it just didn't sound interesting to me. And then I ended up just going on a whim. Uh, very poor decision that led to like me being in a good position now, I guess. But yeah, I, I just went on a whim and went, look, I like video games. And went and studied video game development because that's what I thought I would want to do. And it turns out, you know, I didn't really look into programming as much as I should have done. Didn't enjoy programming. Should have probably tried to like teach myself a bit and figure out whether I'd like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I ended up like dropping out of uni for a mixture of like both mental health reasons and like um, not enjoying the the subject itself. So there is like, I guess, I don't know because I like I like to think that my life actually worked out in the end because it I'm did, like yeah. you know I'm here talking on a podcast with you and I've like had a lovely girlfriend for over five years now and I would have like never moved home and met her if it weren't for the fact I dropped out but yeah like I can't really give much good advice in terms of like what you should do for a degree yeah and anyone who would give you advice it's like I wouldn't take it because like I said my dad kept giving me the advice of like go be a teacher and if I had taken that advice I wouldn't be sat here right now mm-hmm. it's only you can make the decision what you think you should do and if you are um like confident in your own decision making then any decision you're going to make is probably going to be the right one because it's what you want to do. If you're not confident um, about it, then seek advice from people that you know and trust, um, not strangers on the internet. So that's why I'm being really wishy-washy in my answer here because I don't want to say anything with any authority that might influence this person or anyone listening to me because I, I don't know. Yes, like my life turned out okay, but that's only because I was 100% convinced that the decision I was making were right for me. Mm-hmm. And I think and, you can speak yeah. to the fact that throughout my career, as it's built over the last couple of years, like the one like connected thread is that I've always done what I wanted to because I thought it was the right decision for me. Yeah, and even you know back in the day before things took off, when you were working at a bar and writing for websites and stuff and grafting away, like 
even then you were always so committed to what you wanted to do and I always like respected you for that yeah yeah it's because I realized um I it basically it was a moment where I was working at a bar and I moved in on my own for the first time after university and I was writing and I looked at it and I was like I'm earning like 200 pounds a week working like four shifts and then these like few things for my writing career mm-hmm. and went I could live on that I'm happy and I looked at my life and what I was doing it's like I'm living in a house with a couple of friends I get like three or four evenings off a week I get to go out I get to see people I'm happy living like this mm-hmm. I remember my dad being like but you might not be happy in 10 years and I went yeah but in 10 years I'll be if I'm a different if I'm such a different person now that like the way I'm living now is not um, like something I want or I'm happy with surely that change would have been so gradual that you know I would have changed along with it and like you know my career and the path that I'm taking along it would have changed and he, yeah. he kept framing it as like you're just going to smash cut to 10 years and suddenly realise like no it's not what you want it's like if it's what I want right now and it's what I want to do tomorrow and then the week after that like this 10 years in the future this theoretical future that you're anticipating where I'm going to be upset it's like surely you've got enough faith in your parenting that you raised a son who is confident in his decisions. Yeah, and it for... did take my dad a lot of years to realise that, yeah, I, I am doing what I'm doing. It didn't look to him like I was like trying to forge a career, because I really wasn't. I was just more just trying to live and enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. And that to me was more important. Like For me, it was more important to um, have like the social aspect of my life than the career aspect, because I went, I don't really care if I don't earn a shit ton of money because there's nothing I want in life that costs a lot of money. Fair, yeah. And like, I, I, th- I think I'm kind not not 100% in that position now because I earn, you know, as much as I was when I was um, like working in restaurants and stuff, if not a bit more, but like, <laughs> I still think my dad doesn't understand like how all of this is going to be an actual career and it's like, but you know, I'm. It, I mean, a, I'm not 100 percent sure how much it will. But b, at the same time, even if it's not, I've gained a lot of valuable skills over the past couple of years that could lead into other careers and give myself much better options. Plus, what you're enjoying it. Exactly, that's the thing. Like, yeah. What's the point in slaving away? It's like killing yourself at work. As I said, like. I'm not earning overly more money, but at the same time, I'm enjoying my life a significant amount more. Yeah, I wake up every day and love what I do. I'm always excited to like go do something in regards to my work. I don't dread it. I don't wake up and think, oh, fuck's sake, another day at work, unless I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah, That's the only day that that happens. Even then, I can just like, you know, I can push back work a day if I want to, because mm. I have that option. And for me, that's more valuable than like, any extra money I could have been earning. And that's, I like, know, it sounds rich coming for someone who's like, on YouTube and stuff, but you, you can probably attest, like, a couple of years ago, when I was just writing for a living, I, I still did that. Yeah, yeah. And that's still, my priority is still, like, you know, my time being my own. Mm-hmm, 100%. Um, but that's my decision, and that's the one that I made, and it might not be the same for anyone listening. So, just, my only advice would be, make sure you definitely go to university, just to experience what freedom and independence feels like, but you've still got that safety net of, like, you know, university. You still got like some structure to your life, so you're not completely without um, something to in just in case you fuck it all up and try yeah. and discover what it is you like and want from life there. And regardless of like you know the fact that I didn't end up coming out with a degree, I think it was a massive 
life experience that was very valuable for me and yeah. I um I just want to like point out as well don't rush yourself into it because I mean the reason I went without really knowing what I was going to do was because they were tripling the like student um lo- lo- uh, student fees for university per year mm-hmm. so instead of paying like three grand a year I would have been paying nine grand a year if I delayed myself to like the next year of university so if i gave myself a year off to think about what i wanted to do i would have also ended up in triple the amount of debt yeah well that's um, uh, besides the point might be made yeah. it's just only you can make that decision and i wouldn't want to think that i could influence someone's decision but you know hopefully you can pick something out of what we've just said over the past 10 minutes that might help yeah and if not uh, sorry <laughs> uh so yeah, thank you for those, and I guess we'll move on to like again, a bit of a quickie, quicker yes. and sillier one. Okay, go uh, for it. So it's just a very simple and weird like, um, would you rather, okay. not for yourself but for other people, and it's like, would you rather somebody receives a just a little static shock if they put something back on the wrong shelf in the shop? No. Or um, anytime they litter their trash or otherwise like any other garbage just orbits them until they put it away uh the trash one the trash one yeah yeah fair. littering like that's not even a fair comparison like i hate would you rather as well as an, an obvious choice <laughs> and the obvious one here is like someone putting something back on a shelf the wrong way that's you know a little bit inconvenient littering actively destroys the planet yeah and i you know what that. like just burn a finger off somebody who doesn't pick up the dog's poop every time yeah like, that's the thing it's like uh it shows just a callous disregard for just society as a whole mm-hmm. whereas yeah. putting something back on a shelf is like the person was busy or saw milk on special somewhere else as long as it's not something from a fridge that's the only time it pisses me off oh right yeah, yeah. like if someone puts something from like a freezer or something from the fridge in a someone, section like, where it's picks not up some milk and then puts it in the cereal aisle and you're like come yeah. on that's bad because then that milk's gone off and I've picked up milk that has very clearly like been left out and not realised it and brought it home and it's already gone off. It's like, oh, oh. no. But, no, littering, man. It's the worst. Litterers are the worst. Yeah. I stopped listening to a YouTuber where they joked about littering. Like, mm-hmm. I legit just, like, completely... Because they said it as a joke. They were, like, yeah. joking. Like, oh, yeah, I litter all the time because I don't really give a shit. And it's like, immediately stopped listening to them. That's fair, yeah. I fucking yeah. hate people who litter. Yeah, especially people who like brag about doing it. Oh, so I was just taking a big old swig of water there. But I was um, wondering then. I thought you were just like just contemplating like how much you hate. Contemplating it life and littering, Carl. Uh, so we'll move on. Um, we've got a couple of questions over here from Connor. And, okay. Um, this is a bit condensed, but basically, uh, they said, "Have either of you watched the latest Bo Burnham special, and yep. how do you feel about like the recent?" stand-up trends of like the depressing slash introspective stand-ups uh, i've not watched it yet it's on my list but it's one of those things i feel i need to be in the right mindset to watch it and i've just not been in that i've not been in the mood to feel things recently mm-hmm. so it's not been for me and um as for the second part of the question of comedy being introspective that's fantastic yeah. it's good it's good that um comedians are being seen as people and not just clowns who dance around for your entertainment and um, they mentioned like a bit further down the question a couple of uh, different stand-up comics and like one that they pointed out was Daniel Sloss who did like Dark and a couple of other shows Mm -hmm. and 
I, you know, I'm going to see his show later in the year. He's on a new tour. He's doing like Hubris, I think it's called. And I, I really like his stand-ups. Where again, like, I've not seen the Bo Burnham one, but if you're talking about like dark and introspective stand-ups, he does that kind of thing, and I really enjoy it. And again, I've not been in the mood to watch it during lockdown, but yeah, I, I enjoy that trend towards it. But yeah, of course, it's like it just shows that they're maturing as an artist and a creator. Mm. It shows that like you know they've like become more comfortable in their art and they're willing to like you know put more of themselves into it. Like that's something that should be applauded, rather than just pointing out really vague or easy to understand observations. Yeah, and at the same time as well, anyone who would criticize it, it says more about them than it does about the comedian. Hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that other types of comedy are just useless and worthless. Like, for example... No, there's, a, uh, there's a skill and a talent in that as well, but... Yeah, and even something as simple as, like, uh, is it Tim Vine? Who yeah, just the quick fires. Just little one-line punchline jokes just over and over and over. And by the time you've thought the last joke was shit, he's already told another joke. Yeah, there's a skill in that as well, and it's... Um... Stand-up comedy is an art form, and I'm never not going to appreciate just people exploring that and I'm testing the limits of what stand-up comedy and comedy in general can be. It's like the world has space for stuff like you know Marvel movies, and then it has stuff like you know Parasite. Mm, Those two yeah. things can exist simultaneously within the same genre. And, and the, the room, Carl. Don't forget about the room. Exactly. Yeah, things can yeah. be like that. <laughs> like a more balanced and varied. Um, selection of media consumed is never not going to be a good thing. Yeah, for sure. And um, they also just asked, like, um, when you're working a full-time job, in addition to writing, like, how do you make mm-hmm. yourself write when you were physically wiped out? Uh, I looked at the house I was in and went, I like living here instead of on the street or at home. And then I'd do it. Well, I think the point is, like, if you work in a full-time job where, like, they say they work in a warehouse picking up furniture uh, mm-hmm. and I guess the point is like they're earning enough to pay for where they're at now but how would you like motivate yourself to to you know do extra work on the side after you're already working a, a hard job uh, well the one that was the one for me it's like I, I didn't earn enough money doing either I didn't mm. earn enough money writing purely I didn't earn enough money working at the bar purely so they were they were both necessary for my continued um, existence like um because I think it was one week at the bar, I remember getting my paycheck and it was £7. Fucking hell. Because they gave me one shift and they sent me home after like an hour and a bit. So I got seven quid for a week and that's the week where I had to like write a whole shit ton to keep up with it. At the same time, there's weeks where I had no writing gigs so I had to like go do pick like five, six shifts at the bar. Yeah, and like, I think but, like for me, I, I can't really say because I I was working like at Nando's and work, earning enough to live but then it's like trying to mo- motivate yourself to have a, a social life as well and see your family and friends and stuff and work a full-time job. But then to get home after that and also force yourself to work on projects is like, it is difficult. And it is. And I I, le- I left it for a long time until Carl gave me that little push with initially the podcast to like start getting back into creative work. Yeah. Motivation is difficult to get, but I, I can't, mot- like no one can motivate you but yourself. Like, if mm-hmm. you don't want to do it, that's fine. If you just want to sit at home after a long day's work and just watch TV, that's your prerogative. You've earned that. 
But I don't think there's to... any trick to motivation. Like, no, I that's the we thing. I struggle with it at times. Like questions like this, they they kind of frustrate me because it's like there has to be a trick. There has to be a secret that you have. Or there must have been something that you did that made it. It's like, no, it was really fucking hard. And I was knackered. And I worked like 70 hour weeks sometimes. Mm. And I was like writing seven days a week, which included like just hours upon hours of just um, fruitless research that never went anywhere and writing for $5 a pop. Mm. And like I've written literally thousands of articles over the years, like honing uh, my craft and getting to the point where I am now. There is no secret. There is no trick. It's just you have to do it. And, and that's the unfortunate that. truth, isn't it? Of just like, yeah. unfortunately, you've got to find motivation from somewhere and only you can find it. Yeah, and it's that thing of you, the only motivation and advice I can give is that you have to believe that by doing that, you are making things better. You're temporarily like making your life worse in the hopes that the work you're putting in will you know, bear fruit. Mm. But some people that, you know, they can't think that far forward or they don't have the luxury of thinking that far forward because they can only think about, you know, getting to the end of the week. And for those people, like, you know, that comes across as, like, really insulting too. Yeah, and, like, I, for years, just all I could think about was getting to the the end of the shift, to the end of the week, to the end of the month. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, there is no trick, and it's a, a question that, as you pointed out, like, it does frustrate me because mm-hmm. there's no secret. It's like, um, like how many times have we been streaming or podcasting or what have you, and had someone ask the question of, "Okay, so how did you get started writing?" Or like, "How did you like you know become a YouTuber?" And I tell them, "Well, oh, I worked really hard behind the scenes for several years and building up like you know a portfolio and a." series of connections in the industry and they go no but like what did you do and you know the question they really want to ask is how do i do it without doing any of that extra work that you just mentioned yeah ignore all that bit at the start like how do i just get success on youtube now yeah it's like how do i get into youtube it's like well you need to put in the effort for but 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 how do i get into it so maybe that's like i i'd hope that that's not the um, the implication of the question but that's how it comes across because it's a question i do get asked a lot and the only answer is like um, like to crib a quote from Elon Musk, which I don't often like doing, but it is a good quote. When someone asked him, "How'd you get where you are?" and he went, "Just work super, super hard." Or lie about it because he didn't yeah. work super, super hard to get rich in the first place. But but it is a quote from that's him. That's another do, point. <laughs> yeah, I do like to credit my quotes, and it is quite um, a good one because he was asked something similarly. Uh, I think it was like at an event or like a, a talk he was doing. It's like, okay, so how do you get? to like where you are in business it's like just work really really hard and that's the thing of like working hard is no guarantee of success but no success was ever gained without hard work yeah and like i joke about elon musk and he didn't put in the hard work but like his family surely did in the in the past and stuff and the people that fucking mine those emeralds for that family did yeah that's the one it's it's, uh, I'm, i'm a firm believer that you make your own luck in life and as I said, like um, hard work is no guarantee of success, but success cannot exist without hard work. Mm-hmm. And even if you gain success um, via luck, um, ach- keeping that success, because like, you know, fame and stuff is fleeting. Yeah. Like I, I compare with our YouTube channel. When Fact Fiend took off, it's because one video went viral, which is complete luck. There was no way to predict that. There was no way to anticipate it. But because we'd put in like the year and a half of work beforehand, and I'd already spent like, you know, seven, eight years prior to that working in that industry and establishing and getting myself a strong work ethic. When that success 
happened, that, that lucky break, I was able to seize it. And it's something you can see with other channels or like, you know, even just like go look at viral tweets. Mm. And then you'll see and you'll scroll down, you'll see the person desperately trying to get people to follow them without putting in the extra words. So like, we'll keep making funny tweets and eventually, you know, people will follow you. Yeah. And that's always um the funny thing, isn't it? Of like rather than you know, say for example with YouTube, rather than getting your head straight down and making another similar video people then continue to share that one video and go like and subscribe like and subscribe like and subscribe it's like but if the, this is the one good thing that you're going to put out why would i subscribe i've seen it now yeah so like you've got to promise me more of it in the future yeah like um seize upon the small successes that you get and capitalize upon them and that's like you know that is a it's a skill in of itself fair play and carl we can move on then to like yes. the next question uh, another simple one, just like, what is your favourite and least favourite Pokemon and why? Uh, my favourite is Shedinja. It's a really interesting design. Like, super unique. So people mm. know Shedinja is the Pokemon that has one HP and it is based on like a, like a discarded cicada shell. Yes. It's a ghost bug type and its ability is unique to it and it's like it takes no damage from anything but super effective moves. So I just really like it. It's like super interesting, super cool. I love bug types. It's one of the most unique and interesting bug types. So it's always a staple of all of my teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, my stomach was rumbling there. I'm not sure if that showed up. I'm not sure if that showed up on the mic. It might do. <laughs> my stomach rumbling for anyone wondering if that did show up. Uh, have you got a least favorite at all? I, I, it's hard to pick a least favorite because it's like the Pokemon I think about the least. But like probably one of those, like the Psychic Water Trio. Because I think that's just emblem. Like any one of them is like emblematic of a problem we've talked about with Pokemon a lot, which is just, there's so many legendaries that they're not legendary anymore. Mm-hmm. They just keep cramming the game full of these like supposedly legendary Pokemon that are like so powerful and awesome and spectacular and special. But when there's like thirty to forty to fifty of them in a game, like, they don't feel special anymore. So you're think... referring to the like Oxy, Azelf, and Mesprit. Yeah, the fact that I didn't even remember their names, and I think they probably do, there is probably like some thought put into their design and the law behind them. But for me, they're emblematic of just a really lazy design decision of like cramming full of legendaries. That's fair, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't really have a an answer for like a specific least favorite legendary, but I would, yeah, just throw it in. Oh no, to be fair, right now Urshifu. Because not only is it like a really ridiculous overpower over push Pokemon, mm-hmm. it also ruined the design of Kubfu, which is cute and adorable. Yeah. But and, like your pick for like least favorite Pokemon would also be a legendary. Is the point we made here? Yeah, exactly. It's like whatever the most recently undeserved pushed legendary Pokemon is my answer pretty much. Yeah, a Pokemon that didn't earn like, you know, its iconic status through just being a good Pokemon that had a decent design people latched onto. Speaking of which, what's your favourite? Uh, my favourite goes in and out all the time, but like you know that I just adore a lot of the, the dog-cat Pokemon because I just yeah. love dogs and cats. So my favourite is often just a very simple answer of something like Arcanine or Umbreon or Espeon. I, like, I just... And Luxray and Absol... And I just have that... just. Anything that looks like a, a dog or a cat or a wild cat, I'm always a big fan of. And a lot of the time, whichever my favourite is, is just 
whichever I found a cool utility for and been using a lot in battle recently. Yeah, it's almost like um, uh, your favourite can change from day to day because it's not set in stone. It yeah, can, and for example, you know, um, I absolutely loved Greninja, but again, Greninja I got really turned off by not necessarily being put in Smash Bros, but just that over-push of the character, and same with Charizard of like, yeah. I start to resent all those Pokemon that get such a big, big push. Basically, we're Pokemon hipsters, is the way it's something. Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? Like, it is a real hipster stance. We're huge nerds where we like the thing right up until it's popular, because when it's popular, it stops being um, interesting. And it stops being an an interesting choice. But, for example, with, like, Greninja and Charizard, they're both very good designs, and they're both very cool Pokemon, but it's when it's like, no, we have to give mega charizard two mega charizards because mega charizard's the best like charizard's yeah. the best most popular and same with mewtwo and then it's like oh that kind of just makes it less cool and same with like the ash greninja of like oh but ash ash's greninja is so popular that we have to make a new like battle bond lore explanation to make a cooler like edgier design for greninja yeah. it's like that's the point where i just go oh the marketing <laughs> team got their hands on this one didn't they like, um, just being told that I should like something immediately makes me not like it as much. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? Fuck you, corporation. Uh, my opinion cannot be influenced by you, except for it kind of is because it's been influenced but the opposite way to what they expect. <laughs> so it's still been influenced just in a roundabout way. Because I can, I can just feel, as I said, like the marketing team's grimy fingers on Greninja now. Yeah. Which makes it less cool. It does, yeah. Because beforehand it was just a ninja frog. And I was like, yeah, yeah cool. So I love like uh, the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> uh, so moving on. Um, yes, swiftly on. Swiftly on. We've got, uh, what's your opinion on roller coasters? Uh, I went to one Towers of the Week. Roller coasters are awesome. I don't like the fact you have to like wait an hour to ride them. So I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, well, you have to go to a theme park and you have to ride every ride in the park. It's like, no. Mm. So I can take or leave a roller coaster. They are fun, but at the same time, like when we want to Alton Towers, like some of the smaller rides can be just as fun because you you make your own enjoyment with something like that. Where it's it's the just you're getting a day off to enjoy a frivolous waste of time, essentially. Yes, and that's what I kind of like about um, Disneyland over other theme parks. Is I'm not a massive fan of the act of being on a roller coaster. But it's the experience um, of being in the park. The experience itself, and like I still go on the Disneyland roller coasters, mm-hmm. and I enjoy them. But I think I, a lot of the thing that I enjoy about them is the fact there is like a running theme, and you get to go through the line. And as you're going through the line, with a lot of them, like uh, Big Thunder Mountain, for example, you get to see all the cool like design details that they've put throughout to make it feel like its own thing. Yeah, there's like a history and like a cohesion to the world where somewhere like Alton Towers, where I went, it's just it's another roller coaster, and there is absolutely no rhyme or reason to anything in that park. It's just is there space to put another roller coaster here? Who's sponsoring the roller coaster? Okay, cool. So yeah. the roller coasters have a theme, but the theme does not blend, and in fact clashes with everything around it because people don't know Alton Towers is just in the middle of the woods. It's actually in the middle of like a beautiful like nature reserve almost. Yeah, basically. And then there's just these giant fucking roller coasters. These big screaming. metal death traps with no, as you say, rhyme or reason behind them. It's just 
does this big metal box go fast? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, to I, me, I, I like not, roller coasters. I'm not a big fan of the the roller coaster itself, but I'm a big fan of like Disney and theme parks and making that a, a and the entire thing an experience rather than the roller coaster itself. Yeah, for me, it's more it's just the idea of a day out. Yeah. I would I would have had just as much fun going to the zoo, mm-hmm. or like going to like you know a, a adventure zone or like the woods. I'll go for a drive. It's more like I'm spending time with my friends. Yeah, like the actual um, uh, thing that we're doing is incidental. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, right, that's the thing. I'm not particularly scared of roller coasters, so like the the allure of like oh it does like 18 flips. It's like well, oh I've been on like Smiler, which does like 14 full inversions, and that was fine. Yeah, so like, I can't imagine how much scarier roller coasters can be. I mean, someone's probably going to be angry now. Like, oh yeah, that's not a good roller. You need to go on this one. It's like well, it's a fucking roller coaster. Then day, it's like I I'm going to go like upside being down. Afterwards, like yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, they also ask uh, just what's the weirdest or worst injury you've ever had. Uh, it's got brought by a couple of people actually. Oh, injuries. Uh, I've been injured a few times. Um, I guess. Let's have a look. What's my thing now? I think recently I burned myself on the kettle. So I boil my mask after I wear it outside. Like I put kettle yeah. on, put it in the hot water, and then like you know sterilize it that way. And mm-hmm. I put a huge, big um, uh, blister right on my tattoo. So that's awkward. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So that's like um, a weird injury because like now you can physically see where the burn was because the tattoo has been like worn away there. Um, I dislocated a toe once like on a night out and didn't realise till the next day because I think I was like <laughs> um, two-stepping in corp and kicked a pole. And then like next day I had to um, put my toe back in by like stepping on it and then like... <laughs> so it pops it back in place. And it's not... That's the thing, like... Uh, it, it sounds awful, but it only hurt for like a split second and then you pop it back in and then um, just instant relief as the blood goes back in. And I had like a dog bit my arm... So I have um, no grip in my left hand because the ten it went right to the bone and the tendons got all snapped and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the weirdest injury I have, like, uh, I, I don't think of them being that weird. So that's the weird thing. Like, um, I did like nearly slice the end of my nipple off when I was shaving my chest. I guess that's one. <laughs> and that's the more awkward as well because like your nipple just doesn't stop bleeding. So. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, those, like, okay, I'm I was just gonna say as uh, to close off, like, oh yeah, I don't really like talking about this sort of thing because you always get those two shitters, those people who want to one up you of like you call that an injury and they like try and like brag about so, like, so I'm not trying to brag about hurting myself or like being so manly that like you know the mm. thing didn't hurt. It's just um, injuries happen. It's like when the burn happened on my arm, my girlfriend was getting really worried. It's like, oh no, your tattoos, oh your tattoos gonna be done. It's like oh, I'll just go get it done over. It's not a big deal. Like mm. I'm fine. Yeah, you can like, always get like all most most of the time you can get tattoos covered back up. I know there's like some people with certain scars and injuries where you can't really do that. But and if like, I couldn't, it makes it take yeah. sometimes again. Yeah, and if I can't, it makes for an interesting story. It just adds character. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not a permanent injury, so I'm not really fussed. Yeah, as long as you're safe. Um, I was just gonna say that I've not really had any weird injuries. I like as you said, it's just a lot of the time just like burning yourself. Um, or like breaking a bone, which is not very strange, I don't think. No, like, not particularly. The worst I had was probably the weirdest, just because it shouldn't have caused as much damage as it did, and I basically was like 
stood on a football, got knocked a little bit, and my ankle just went over the oh, football. Oh, just rolled your ankle. Yeah, rolled And I just rolled my ankle and broke it in, like, eight places, and I had to have a cast on for a couple of months and stuff. So that's probably the worst and weirdest I've had in one go because just every other injury I've had has just been a pretty simple, oh, I, I broke a finger playing sport or mm-hmm. I burnt myself at work on a grill, and they're all kind of just basic. No, fairly one. I also as well side eye people who to get to know you ask. So, what's the most pain you've ever been in? So, why would you <laughs> want me to think about that? I don't know. I think a lot of the time, like people have, you know, either interesting or what they think is interesting stories around how That's they got a certain injury. We've all heard that's like that half an hour long epic at house party of the guy who broke his arm. Yeah, yeah. And then it ends with, oh, so you broke your arm. So yeah, it's like, mate. Like, if you go into a room of people, 50% of them will have broken a bone. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't make you that special to have injured yourself. Like, people get injured all the time. It's yeah. something as well that I think people, like, think is more interesting than it is. A lot of the time, yeah. And there, there are yeah. obviously some people with genuinely interesting stories of how they broke something. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it's like, oh, and then I ended up falling off the roof and broke my arm. It's like, well, yeah. You fell off It'd be, be a more interesting story if you fell off the roof and didn't break your arm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, they just say, hope you have a lovely day, Ed. Like that. I hope you have a lovely day after thinking about how all the times you've hurt yourself. Hell yeah. That's the way we do it, Cal. Yeah, another one here. We've got, hey guys, if you could create a video game based on a superhero, what would it be? What mechanics would would have? What would the story be, etc.? Uh, I just want them to try a Superman game again and reuse the system from that crappy PS2 one where Superman doesn't have a life bar, the city does. Oh, yeah. And turn it into a pseudo SimCity-esque game where it's actually like you know more about the management of like, okay, how do you um, like manage Superman's time? And mm. you've got to like strike the perfect work-life balance between Superman and Clark Kent, and you have like turn it into a simulation game where there's no action, and you have like meters of how suspicious your coworkers are because of how many days you've taken off. <laughs> and because I think that'd be really interesting, but you know, no fucker's gonna play that because people are like, well, I want to build throw buildings into space, Superman. Yeah. But I want to like you know, so the interesting thing, I want to do that I version. Want to laser Zod through a building, please. Yeah, I want that version. I want a management style game where you managing to try and balance Superman's work life balance. It's like, oh no, Lex Luthor's taken over the city, but you told Lois Lane that you drive her to the like, you know, um, the cinema or something like that. Oh god, do you, you let get, like, like, um... like do you let Lois Lane down to go save like you know the city from Lex Luthor, or do you turn up a little bit late and let Lex Luthor like steal half the money in the bank? <laughs> Because I think you could do a lot of fun, especially if you did it like tongue in cheek. Like, don't do it like um, Lex Luthor's gonna like you know send a school bus full of children into orbit. Do it like the comic books where it's like, oh no, uh, Killer Croc is like running away with a bank vault. You see it, but you also have Lois Lane's coffee. <laughs> do you let the coffee order go cold? And it's like then you get back to the office. It's like, okay, what excuse do you use? So you can't use this excuse. You used that one last week, so you have to use a new one. And you don't have the excuse, so just Lois Lane's pissed off at you so Superman's happiness goes down. <laughs> you could do so much with that, but it'd be, you know, gamers wouldn't play it. 
they wouldn't. And like, I was not going down this route, but you you just made me think like you could do a similar kind of thing with Batman and Bruce. I was going to say, yeah, a Batman version as well. And just you... um, you could sit there and it's like, okay, Batman. Well, we could put all this money into R and D to build a Batwing, or we could fund this hospital and like the children won't die. It's like, oh no, I guess and, Batwing it is then. And Batman has to make the decision, and then you have to use the Batwing to like you know f- drag the hospital to another state. <laughs> Let's see if you had a sense of humor about it, you could really make like a fun like what ten hour. Um, sim management game based around that concept, but gamers wouldn't like it because you can't blow something up. Yeah, yeah. And DC would not let you do something that interesting with one of their characters. Well, last thing is Batman's not even allowed to go on cat, go down on Catwoman, let alone let yeah. the children die in hospital. Yeah, and there's no way they would let you pick a game. There's no way they would like green green light a Superman game where you can choose not to save people. Yeah, yeah. So that's the game I'd make, and I hope that at least one person out there finds that idea interesting, because I've been thinking about that for a while. And I don't and really have an answer anymore, because I think any answer I came up with in my head, like, I didn't have a solid answer, but it was way more generic than what you've just said, so I'm going to let you just have that one. Because <laughs> that, that sounds game. way more fun. Doesn't that game sound super fun? Especially yeah. if, like, if it was well-written. Mm-hmm. If it was well-written by somebody who knew the exact tone to strike with it, like the super tongue in cheek, like the style of, um, uh, like the kind of Superman that you've seen, like Justice League Unlimited, where he is like the big blue boy scout and everyone makes fun of him for it. Mm, and you yeah. have like the people at his office and like, you know, Bruce Wayne, when he like goes to see him out of costume, making fun of him for being like late because he was saving a cat from a tree. <laughs> you could do some fun stuff with that. Or just a sim management game that's like you've got to manage the city, but there's a superhero in your city. Doesn't like that. And there's just meta-humans just, like, wrecking shit. Yeah, but I like the idea of, like, a Superman simulation game where you've got to, like, figure out how to balance his It's Like, oh, yeah, Superman's, like, approval ratings through the roof, but, um, like, uh, Perry White is not happy about how late your articles have been recently. Yeah, Clark's head is on the chopping block at the Daily Planet. You, that's the one. Oh, God. And, like, I guess my, my bo- more boring answer at the moment would probably just be, like, can you do the Avengers game and correctly yeah. this time instead of it being a loot-based fucking Destiny-esque game? Like, why is it not just like um, uh, a character action game? But that you can play online with your friends. Or prototype. Yeah, like all I would want is just, yeah, one of those, you know, similar to Prototype or Spider-Man 2018, just big sandbox world, but you can online co-op it as Avengers. Yeah. I'd fucking love that kind of shit. That's all you need. But anyway. Like, uh, uh, but no, we, we need to sell stuff. We need to sell money. We can't just make a good game that people buy that'll never work for a superhero. And then just Insomniac rolling in the money over yeah. there. Like, yeah, Spider-Man! No, Spider-Man. It's almost like people, there's a thirst for this kind of game. Mm-hmm. There's a genuine interest and desire to play these kinds of games. Maybe uh, maybe the Guardians game will be a bit of a better version of like the Avengers thing. We can hope, but maybe yeah. one day we'll get my Superman Clark Kent management deal, like DLC add-on to a game. I, the thing is, you've either got to make it like you you make the Superman game where you're balancing Clark Kent and. Um, and Superman as characters, but you do the Batman DLC, or vice versa. 
Join and then you thing. do like a sequel where they're working together yeah. from the tower, but trying to manage their daily lives. The only way I can ever see that working is if it was a, a mini game in a, a full fledged Superman game. But the Superman game will probably be bad because they game game designers don't know how to work Superman into a game. So how do you make a completely invincible hero who can do everything in an interesting character to play as? Like, so what it'd be is it'd be a mini game in that game that just ended up being more interesting than the main game. And I think I that's just that generally not just making games for Superman. A lot of writers struggle to make Superman interesting because, again, he's just he's invincible Superman. Like you can't be stopped. Which is the point, and that's why I think like a management sim would absolutely one hundred percent like you know get get like in air quotes there like the idea of Superman, which is he can do everything. But the thing is, he's just one man. Like even though he can mm. do everything, he's still struggles like you know with the weight that respond like sorry he's a man who can do everything and that's the point because like you know he struggles with the weight of that it's like and the selfishness he feels when he does something like you know go on a date with lois lane and he can constantly in the background just hear the screams of people who need his help mm-hmm. and i think a management game would really get that idea across because like, imagine how overwhelming you're going to feel of like well i need to save people but like you know fucking hell like lois lane like my my meter with her is going down like that would be the most realistic idea of what being Superman is because there's no danger. You can't fail. You can't be killed. And the idea of like, oh, Lex Luthor's rob- robbing a bank. You press a button and you stop it because that's what it's like being Superman. You don't mm. need like a 20-minute long mission with a set piece because you're Superman. You'll fly in there and save the day instantly. Yeah. And that's why I've thought so much about it, the idea of like a management sim. That would be the most realistic Superman experience because... At the end of the day, like the one thing that Superman struggles with is time management. <laughs> it's the one problem. It's, it's the one thing he's not good at. And I think that's always the case, isn't it, of characters like that, where it is um, like Spider-Man and Superman especially, where they're really, really overpowered characters, but they have to struggle between their life balance rather than being beaten by people it's like well i need to worry about my relationship and i need to worry about my job and stuff like that yeah and that's why i think like a a management game would be a really good superman experience oh how do you get across the feel of superman easy Mm -hmm. make it so it's just you are constantly being overwhelmed and paralyzed by the amount of choices you have (laughs) because that's what being superman is and then that is the struggle to make the right one yeah 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 or just, like, you know, make a shitty action game, I guess. I guess you could do that. That's the easier option, isn't it? It is, and that's probably what we're going to get if we ever get a Superman game. Again. At least, hopefully, we won't just be flying through rings in a fog. We can hope. We can hope. The piss fog. <laughs> but anyway, that's from Jake. And, uh, Good question. Next one here is... Uh, when it comes to researching topics for videos, has there been a topic you've come across whose like content within the topic would be a video on its own? I guess yes. just meaning like, have you ever been researching one thing and like that spun off into a different article in itself? All the time, yeah. It's how um, half the articles on the website got made. The, the entire origins of Fact Fiend is I would research articles for websites with a specific idea in mind, specific theme, um, like you know a connected thread, like a top tens list or something like that or a cracked list and then I would stumble yeah. across like um, little additional facts while researching the entries that I couldn't get into because you know I've got like 150 words to describe like you know this particular entry here this extra bit of information can't be included so I would share that on Facebook and yeah. then 
um, uh, the editor for Top Tens, Shell Harris, who's unfortunately passed on, but he started the Fact Fiend website as a gift to me um, to say, I, I can see that you've got a passion for this. I'll give you an outlet for it. It's called Fact Fiend. It's yours. Go. So, yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. It's like it's the literal origins of the site and the channel. What is yeah. that idea? I can't think of any specific examples because there are, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, there are thousands of things I've written over the years. And that's fair, yeah. You're not going to remember every single example over the past, like, 10 years of your life, are you? Yeah, a thousand or so articles over the course of 10 years. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, I, I can't really, obviously, answer that one because I don't really do any any research. I just tell Carl to read a wiki. Yeah, sometimes, though, I'm guessing, I think I've had um, Brad and Nisha mention it while they've been researching. Um, yeah. like just to get like fact bars and stuff sometimes interesting stuff will appear in fact bars I guess put below so I guess that's like a similar concept that that is true yeah like sometimes I'll be trying to fact check something and go like oh that's actually something interesting that I can I can mention or look into yeah so that's like the same concept isn't it it's like it didn't get mentioned in the main body of the video but here you go here's an extraneous piece of information that you might find interesting folks at home mm-hmm yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, mm-hmm. Got a bit of a, a weird one here, I think, oh anyway. Uh, so the the gist of the question is, like, so Robocop 3 came out, like, 28 years ago. Yes. If Robocop from 3 had aged, like, 28 years, what condition do you think he'd be in now? Uh, he'd look exactly the same. Hey, Robocop doesn't age. Does he, though? Because, like... I don't know much about Robocop, but like the the bit that a human left in him, does that not age? Does that not degrade? It would, but it's almost completely um, uh, supplemented by machinery, which is top of the line. So more than anything, his human parts will probably be fine. It's more the degradation of the robot parts. Oh, okay. Um, but then again, like you think about stuff that was built like in the eighties, like cars and fridges and stuff like that, and they'll still be going as long as you can replace like you know one specific part. So Robocop would, realistically, if he was well-maintained, look exactly the same. With yeah, because I presume face. they would, like, keep Robocop alive and well. In tip-top condition, yeah. So he would look exactly the same, because every single piece of him as a machine can be replaced. Would it get exception. to a point, though, eventually, where, like, Robocop has aged 100 years, and they've kept him in tip-top condition, but his face is just a mouldy mess? Maybe, because um, in Robocop canon, his face is the... It's it's unclear if it's the original face of Alex Murphy. Right. Or if it is a facsimile of it that contains original pieces. Because they say in the second movie, or maybe the first one, I forget exactly when it happens. But um, they talk in both of them about Robocop's face. And you can see the bullet wound where the back of his head got blown off when he got shot in the head. And it's still there. And they talk about how they made the face as a tribute to Alex Murphy, who passed away. And they mention in, um, uh, sorry, in universe, uh, it's mentioned like in universe in um, uh, extraneous information, like that's not, um, that's sorry, in supplementary material for the universe. uh, They mention that um, in early tests, they realize that uh, without a human visage to look upon when you see yourself. Um, the human brain just completely broke when it was put inside a machine. Oh. So, it has, so it if he didn't see himself back in the mirror, then he would just break down. Yeah, and they have like glimpses of that in Robocop 2, where they try and make a second Robocop, 
and they have just like you know a complete robotic being with a brain inside and the first thing it does is blow its own head off with a gun and it's not told explicitly but you know with that supplementary material in mind it can be like taken to suggest that uh, without like you know some degree of humanity that um, uh, the human brain inside the machine can recognize um, it just it, it cannot handle it but um, yeah, fair. Robo RoboCop will look exactly the same unless the face is organic, in which case it would presumably age like human skin. But I'm guessing the fact that it is grafted onto a robot body, which is keeping it perfect, and well, the fact it's pulled taut as well. Like, I don't, th I don't know if it would age because there's no human part of it to age as much as it would just start degrading. Yeah, it's, it's also as well. It's not got blood in it. Yeah, yeah. It is effectively just preserved, the same as his brain, where um, his brain is just preserved in a jar and kept alive. And his heart is, uh, I think like his heart's one of the few things that's left, but with the state of technology in that universe, they could easily replace his heart. The only part that really can never be replaced is the brain. Yeah, yeah. So a Robocop should realistically look exactly the same. Because that's the thing, as you said, like they could just make a, a facsimile of the face, and as long as he still sees himself back in the mirror it doesn't matter whether it's actually made of skin or not no and like you know um, with the um, the level of um, like science they have in that universe like where they're able to basically do a full body prosthesis for someone who's been um, essentially just reduced to i believe the quote is um, a pile of organs on a table that would barely constitute a corpse <laughs> they can probably fix like a face mm. they could probably keep him looking young that is interesting, though. Like, it's a shame it's not in the movie, but I like that um, that extra just addition of lore. Yeah, that's one of the things. That's one of the reasons I love RoboCop, and I think we made a video where I talk about that in well, not great anymore, detail. Because I guess no, not anymore. Get a copyright struck. They all got copyright struck by MGM, who don't own RoboCop but feel like they do because they bought the company that used to own RoboCop, and it's a whole fucking deal. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, they also ask: Is there any sort of reason that Fat Fiend website doesn't have an FAQ section? Um, I don't. I wouldn't check it. <laughs> yeah. Also, as well. I'm oh, sorry. No, an FAQ section would be like for free class. It's because people wouldn't check people. it. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing I've learned, um, being online the last couple of years, like being like more online than um, I used to be. So I'm, uh, you know, physically, just, just present more. Like you know, people mm -hmm. see my face. That like, you know, they associate me with the the brand that I built up. Is that no matter how many times I um, answer a question, there's always gonna be one person who didn't hear it and will ask again as evidenced by like you know the fact we had to remove the Q&A section from the end of podcast to make it its own thing because we were so frequently being asked the same question at the end of every single one yeah a lot of the time it just came back down to the same few questions so this way we can do it where well, we're not just sat there repeating ourselves we can check like in advance the actual you know we can do a screening process for the questions essentially to hopefully, like, you know, just um, uh, sort of sift through and get the questions that are going to result in interesting answers, which I hope we've, like, you know, given a few of um, during yeah. the course of this. And literally, as I said, like, this last month where we've got some emails, so we've had multiple people who have asked about that injuries thing. Like, that's been a recurring question just in the past month through the emails. Because it is just that standard question you ask people that you don't know it's like you know mm. it's just the online equivalent of an icebreaker and there's only so many times you can answer something like that before you get bored and whilst a frequently asked questions section would alleviate that somewhat 
Oh, Cade, like Cade agrees. I'm glad he agrees. <laughs> He's getting mad about it. I, it would probably just piss me off if I did all that and then still ask the same question. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of an FAQ then, yes, there is one frequently asked question that I'll let, get your answer from once and never again okay. for these QA podcasts. And it's just, Carl, what made you get a green screen tattoo? It was funny. <laughs> There's yeah. no that it, it was funny. Like to, to clarify for anyone that thinks that oh well, Carl mustn't have realised like you intentionally got it the exact same shade, right? Yes, um, my friend who did the tattoo um, watched my videos and was keenly aware of my sense of humour and thought it was funny as well. And she went to the effort of um, screen capping just a clip of the green screen on its own and blending it perfectly. Mm. Uh, so it's a custom shade of green that she made live in front of me. Green screen green for Green Carl screen Moore. green, yeah. And um, yeah, we've got one last one to just okay. round it out for today, Carl. Perfect. And um, it's just, after playing so many fighting games and many matches in said games, like, do you have any injuries or pains in your fingers and wrist? So when I tried to play a fighting game, my uh, right wrist flares up in pain. It hurts so bad that I have to like lay on top of it when I go to sleep. Do you have any stretches or pauses or anything you do to avoid getting hurt? Um, if you're doing something that is causing you like immense physical pain, like that's RSI, yes, repetitive, repetitive strain injury. Strain that, injury. That, that is yeah. a, you know, a genuine medical concern. You should go get that looked up. Like, it's one thing to like, say I played Smash Bros for seven hours and my hands were a bit tight because you know I was sat in the same position or like, you know sitting on a chair. Like, if you are getting like you know it's causing you agony like like pain to do this thing that is a serious medical condition you should go that lot top and um, that I, is I, no joke like i think a lot of people might downplay that kind of thing because it's like oh well your hand hurt will you play video games or sure but like yeah rsi is like something that commonly occurs with both gamers and like office workers and stuff like yeah. that and you might think they're just low effort activities but they can cause a lot of damage over a long period of time it can also if gone if it goes unaddressed can be ruinous Mm -hmm. um for your quality of life because it's not like it's ever going to get any better it's only going to get worse so go look that up right now and um, as for stretchers i just do a series of calisthenics and stretchers um uh, every other day Um, i have a gym routine where i'll go to the gym and then the next day will be my stretching day so i do a day of just like no light calisthenics and uh, bodyweight exercises, then a day at the gym. And I jog to um, try and keep... Well, it's, yeah, that's I don't have any specific, like, gamer exercises, like, because, yeah, that's awful. Like, just go get that looked up. That's not good for you. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I have gaming sessions where, you know, I could be playing a game for two hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours, ten hours... <laughs> And still to this day, like, I might get a little bit of pain, but nothing that is, like, to the point where I'm sitting there, like, this is hurting me. It's yeah. like, oh, no, I'm, I need to just give myself a couple of minutes and stretch my fingers out, and then I can get back to it. But, yeah, it's yeah if you're getting genuine pain, then that's more of a problem. It's like, oh, yeah, when I go for, like, you know, a gym session, if it's, like, particularly loud, oh, like, you know, my, my back might feel a bit sore. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, my arms might feel a bit sore, my joints might feel a bit sore if I go for like a particularly long jog or something like that. But if you're getting that feeling, like, and it's like causing you agony, that's not a good thing. It wouldn't be a good thing if, like, from any other exercise or any like activity, 
just because you're playing video games, it's a frivolous pursuit doesn't mean it's like causing you actual internal bodily harm. Go get that locked up right now. That's not something that you should like. The fact yeah. you so casually bring it up as if like you know it's a relatable thing means you're probably not aware of how dangerous it is. Yeah, and as I say, like um, people do write it off a lot because just a lot of the time it's like, oh yeah, my fingers hurt when I play games or whatever. But if it is as bad as it makes it sound like in this email of like it really really hurts you, then that's uh definitely something you should go to get checked out for yeah. sure and, and as like, I said that... obviously we can't diagnose anything but if it's real pain yeah go get it checked out yeah it's, and as i said as well like the fact that they seem to think it's a relatable thing that we're gonna be like oh yeah i get that too means they're probably not aware of like how bad that is and could be if it goes um, unaddressed so yeah if anyone out there can hear my voice has stuff like that um go get it looked into by a doctor like go yeah, to like young. a small ache is one thing when you've been doing a, a, like anything like gaming for many hours, but if you, you're genuinely in pain, that's a bit different. Yeah, and it's one of those things where the the sooner you nip it in the bud, the better it's gonna be. Hundred percent, yeah. Because you only get one. You only get one like set of hands, and if you fuck up your hands, I was hands, about to say, Carl, I've got two hands. So yeah, yeah. But that's me. But you only get one set of hands, and if you fuck them up, you're done. Yeah, um, and they just say like uh, greetings from Zill, love the channel and the amazing work everyone does so thank you for mm-hmm. that, it's much appreciated yeah, but yeah, I'm super paranoid about that because I have um, Raynaud syndrome um, and I, there was like a period of time where I genuinely thought I was like losing uh, my ability to use my hands like a little bit mm-hmm. because I was like getting real um, Raynaud syndrome is a very mild case of it where it's just really poor circulation to the major extremities mm-hmm and like to the major extremities, to the point where um, in just what most people consider to be like comfortable room temperature, um, my hands are right, they are like right, they are right now. They get that corned beef, like spider web thing going on under the surface that people get when they're cold. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I have that basically permanently, unless I'm in like, you know, just above what would be comfortable temperatures. So I have that, and that's like something that I'm really proud of. So I constantly, like, you know, flex my hands to try and get like promote blood flow and things like that. So I'm keenly aware of how dangerous, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, you no, know, leaving things like that unaddressed are. Yep, totally. And like, that's always the thing is, people seem to put it off, don't they? Of like, oh well, it's just a bit of pain. But like, as you say, nip it in the bud now. And if it turns out to be nothing, then great. But if it turns out to have been something. You can try and catch that shit early and it'll be a lot yeah. better. Or you can at least get advice on how to alleviate it or avoid it. Yeah, because we're not doctors. We won't be able to tell you how to properly give yourself physiotherapy or any crap like that. We're yeah. just two people on the internet asking, answering some questions. Now, think about it like you know the gym example where you know they're not directly comparable because you know one's like seemingly like a lot less strenuous, but. If someone goes to the gym and like fucks up their back because they're lifting wrong, yeah, yeah, like that's something that could have been alleviated. Or like you know they get a bad back, and they keep going, they keep going, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse until it eventually goes out. Like that's something that could have been easily avoided just with like you know good technique and just some simple stretching. Yeah, sure. And imagine how fucking gutted you'd feel after like getting to the point where like you know you've been incapacitated by it to be told like this could have been easily avoided if you'd done this, 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 and this. Mm. And it's the same thing think about with your hands where if you get to the point where like you're losing the ability to use them or like, you're actively like causing like you know, agony that you can't um like it's just like permanent or like you know constant throbbing and to be told well if you'd have come and 
to the doctors earlier and just we'd have told you about this and we'd give you some exercises or like you know like a wrist strap or something like that yeah could have all been avoided so yeah look after your health 100% perfect and that's the that's last one yes uh, yeah that is the last one and just to remind people like uh, at the moment we've just been doing one of like this is the second one and we're trying to get them done about monthly mm-hmm. if you want to get your questions in it's carlscornerqa at gmail.com yeah and just try to go for you know interesting questions I guess that's the easiest way or just ask the same like five questions every time like, if, you, if you've asked some questions this time they didn't get answered um, here's a pro tip just email in again asking the same questions no call no no don't say <laughs> that's that. the thing How I'm the one has to go through no, the no, email that's the thing someone's going to do that and they're not going to realise because I have experienced this when streaming where I've had people in chat for three hours straight ask the same question again like, I think it happened once where like from the start of the stream to the end of the stream a guy would just chimed in like every minute or so asking the same question and didn't take the hint that I did not answer it and I think there's um, a couple of times where like somebody's been in both of our chats asking the same question and then one of us have mentioned it and I'm like ah oh, I've got the same person in my chat yeah yeah because they're just like they need to desperately have to have you answer the question of what your favourite video was so yeah, just um, take the hint, or yeah. or not. I guess because, not, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we can hope, can't we? Well, cheers, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.